You know where I got this sermon from? I got it from Luke 9. We're going to look at that together. The disciples are being sent out. They're commissioned to go forth and heal and do all this stuff. And I read through Luke 9. They only messed up seven times. Messing up is really bad when you don't learn from it. Kids mess up a lot. Let's hope they learn from it. Sooner or later they learn, they become adults, right? And they don't mess up. They don't do the things that they were doing, hopefully. If you don't learn from your messing up, then you're probably going to mess up worse. And so we want to learn. Failure is not final if you learn from your messing up. So that's my purpose in sharing these things with you, not to congratulate you for messing up, but to help you when you do not to do it again. So Luke chapter 9, if you've got Bibles, we're going to look at it together. So he sends them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He told them what to take. He told them what not to take. Then he, uh, he took them apart. Bethsaida, the crowd learned they followed him. So they're up on a hill, up on a mountain. How many of them are there? Huh? How many are the crowd that gathers? There's 5,000 men plus women and children. So what do you figure? 8,000, 10,000? This is not a little crowd. This is a big crowd. For Jesus... To ask him, okay, so it's time to feed them. We can't send them away. This is a desert place. It's time to feed them. And they're getting out their calculators. They're, uh, they're wondering, how are we doing it? And Philip said, yeah, he figured it out. We, we couldn't do it with a salary. We, we couldn't. You know, it would take us eight months. I mean, this would take a long time to be able to get enough money to, to uh, feed this crowd. So they're wanting to send them away. Jesus has it in his mind. And it says in John that he, he asked Philip, how are we going to do this? It says he knew what he had in mind, but he was doing it to test him. Do you think God tests you? God tests you to see if you're going to trust in him, or if you're going to believe him, or you're going to say, I don't, I don't think it's possible. And they said, we can't do it. And so Jesus said, you remember what he said? Have them sit down. They're all sitting around. Have them sit down in groups of 50. So if there are 10,000 people, that's 200 groups of 50 people on that mountainside. Just picture it. And I wonder if Andrew, what he said, the guys laughed at. All we've got are five loaves and two fishes. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Way to go, buddy. Nice try. Should we give them each one, one crumb for each group? One crumb. And Jesus said, what did he say? Bring me the five loaves. And I take that. It was not a joke. He said, I'll take it. So he holds them up. He blesses them. And who, is, who are the servers that day? The 12 disciples are a part of the miracle that they did not believe could happen. 
How kind of Jesus to let them participate. As I, as I pictured this, can you imagine the stunned crowd? Where's the bread coming from? Where's the fish coming from? He's still, he's still serving with five loaves and two fishes. It's going. It's going out. Where's the? It so stunned them that John says, they're going to make him king right now. By force, you are going to be our king. You're going to feed us. Jesus had to flee. He had to leave right away because they, they thought, hey, this is more than cool. This is remarkable. The disciples were not ready to believe that what they didn't have provision for, he had provision for. Here's my question. Do you? Are you ready to believe? Or will you mess up by saying, I don't think even God could do this. We don't want to do that, do we? We want to believe for God to do all that he says he will do. So back to Luke. See if you can find lesson number two. Mess up number. Look for it. The next one. Got to go a while. Doesn't happen till, till uh, the story of verse 28 of the transfiguration. How did Peter mess up? Verse 33, as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. Peter, when you don't know what to say, don't. Don't say something stupid, Peter. Don't just open your mouth because you're nervous and you're wondering what's going on and you can't figure it out. And, and it's interesting what happened after that. A cloud overshadowed them. They couldn't see. They got a little nervous. Oh, by the way, she's dancing today at 1, and if you want to go, I know a couple of people here are going, so if you want to dance, you can't dance. You can watch her dance, though. Yeah. Sojourn Church. Okay, bless you, Marianne. Thanks for being with us. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. I don't know what was going on in Peter's mind, but maybe he was thinking, hey, this is a cool experience. I don't know what's happening, but can we, can we keep it? Can we keep it? We got Moses here, got Elijah here. Let's just keep, keep them around. They, these are great people. Which of course, Jesus is great too, but they're really great. Let's, let's, let's make one tent for each of them. Dumb thing to say. And then when they, when they could see again, what did they see? What'd they see? Somebody say it. Jesus was alone. So the Father doesn't want us comparing Jesus to anything or anybody. This is my son. This is the center of the universe. This is the center of your life. This is the one. Jesus wanted Peter to know. Peter la later, did he learn about this? 
Did he learn from this? He wrote about it in his letter about being on the holy mountain and having the revelation of Jesus come to him through the Father. He learned from his stupid words. Sometimes I say dumb things. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Okay, Paul, don't beat yourself up. Learn from it. Learn what God wants to teach you from it. You say something stupid. God, I'm sorry. I want to I, I, I wanna speak better than that. Or I, I want to keep my mouth shut. But I need to keep my mouth shut. Peter learned. And he got a revelation of the greatness of Jesus. Find the next one. Quick. Look for it. The next failure. Next paragraph, they're trying to cast a, a demon out of a boy, and the father says, I begged? Ooh, he was really trying hard. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Now, why couldn't they? Jesus answered, hey, I understand, guys. I understand why it was tough for you. No, he didn't. He said, faithless, twisted generation. Wow. Sometimes Jesus has to lay it on the line with us. You were not believing. You were not trusting. In one, in one of the passages, it does say, this requires more. <clears throat> how long am I to be with you? <laughs> it, it almost sounds like he's frustrated. How long do I have to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And so he showed that this was, this was a tough demon to deal with. Do you know that there are levels of demonic oppression, demonic assault, and there are levels of power, just like with angels. There are angels, or hierarchy of angels. Satan just copied Jesus, and so there are some that are tougher than others. And so he cast the demon out. So here again, how do you learn faith? Will you grow in it? You grow in it through failure. So disciples, did they learn? They really did learn. They learned to use the power of words to cast out the, the demons. Jesus expected them to fight the fight of faith and to believe and to have powerful results. So they grew for that failure. Next paragraph. Jesus is foretelling his death. Had he done it before? Well, he, he did it many times. He spoke about his suffering and death. Did they ever get it? Not while he was on earth talking to them about it. They did not get it. Why not? If I was expecting that this relationship with Jesus was going to give us some power, some influence, that we were going to win, maybe, ultimately, even over the Romans, we're talking about glory, not gory. We're talking about life, not death. We're talking about victory, not defeat. 
and Jesus, it sounds like he's talking about defeat. The Son of Man is going to be rejected, spit upon by the leaders, and then die. And Peter actually takes him aside and rebukes him and says, this will never happen to you. And maybe behind what he said were these words, and it won't happen to me either. <laughs> I'm, work, I'm with you. You're not going to die, and I'm not going to die. Did he? Had he gotten it by then? Oh, he got it. He got it so much that his first letter talks about suffering in every chapter. That's what I came to, to Concordia to talk to the students about, suffering. And the girl who came here from Concordia, who was, was with us for a while, the Chinese girl, said, I remember you, no pain, no gain. That's what her first thing out of her mouth. Now, what does that say? No pain, no gain. If we experience pain and we, and we experience it well, we're going to have gain. Peter learned about pain, and he wrote about it. Pain in marriage, pain in relationships, pain with the government, pain in our personal life. We're going to experience pain, lots of it. The more we embrace the reality and learn to actually thank God for it, the more we experience the joy in this life and especially in the next. Once they got it, they really got it. They learned from their stupid words. Peter was embarrassed. After, oh, I, I said that. Okay, that's number four. We got three to go. You with me? We're learning, aren't we? We're learning from our mistakes. Right in this context, here is the next verse. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. Not only wrong discussion, but wrong timing. <laughs> he just talks about death, and they're talking about who is really. They were competitive. Can you see it happening? They're, they're, you know, James and John want those seats, and they're thinking, we better ask for them soon because Peter probably thinks he's going to get one, and we better ask for them. Would you allow us? They're bold enough to ask for that. And here, they're in this context for them, no, guys, not now. Not ever. Jesus says, you want to be great? What do you say? How do, how do you get great? Yeah. So, would you, with me, let that settle in for a moment. If anybody here has a reputation, aspires for greatness, it's not wrong to aspire. Jesus didn't say to James and John, what a stupid thing to ask. They wanted to be close to Jesus. That was okay. He said, you don't know what you're asking. Are you, can, can you pay the price for those seats? Can you, can you pay for those seats? That, that, you pay a lot for those seats. You'll pay with suffering. And they said, yes, we can pay. Did they pay? They did pay. They both paid. 
They paid with death. They paid with exile. They paid with rejection. And they're honored now in heaven. I don't know if they got the seats. <laughs> Jesus said, I can't even give away those seats. The Father will give those seats. But it's going to be wonderful to meet them and to hear, hear from them. So they stepped out of line, but Jesus um, corrected them well. Then, next paragraph, John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. What, what word would you give to that? I've got a word that I'm thinking about. It's kind of a long word. It's a word that describes what they're thinking. It's the word sectarianism, which is our group is better than your group. Our way is better. You remember somebody in, in the book of Corinthians that says, where they're, where they're dividing up in groups, what'd they say? That true too, but that, that's a big one. But I'm thinking one where, where people were saying, I, 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 yeah, I'm in Apollos' group. Our group is better. Another one says, I'm of Paul's group. We like our group the best. And then someone says, I am of Christ. Oh, that's really the best group. Christ would have none of that. And he said something that's very interesting. We don't, you don't, we don't quote this very often. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him, for the one who is not against you is with you. We take the other. If you're not for me, you're against me. But if you're not against me, you're for me. There's nobody on the fence. You're either with or not with. So, so uh, they, they thought they were better off because they, they were actual followers of Jesus. Others weren't traveling with them. And Jesus says, no, you got to be more inclusive than that. So, you ready for number seven? I'm not, I'm not showing these to discouraging anybody. I'm doing them to say we can learn from our mistakes and grow from them. So, Jesus gets a huge rejection in Samaria. The Bible pictures his face set so steadfastly toward Jerusalem that it actually scared people to even look at him. That he he was so so uh, focused toward the cross that it would it would scare people. And he came through Samaria. That will be his greatest single evangelistic act winning the city of Sychar through a lady who had five husbands. So he had his time for dealing with them, but now he's going to deal with his disciples who had a knee-jerk reaction. Let me say something. I see this a lot. I see this a lot. The first reaction, something shows up in San Francisco that's crazy. Well, God's going to push them in the river. God's going to push them into the sea. Or, or New Orleans. Yeah, they're coming under the judgment of God. Now, that may be true, but judgment is not the first thing in the heart of God. Judgment isn't. It says in Ezekiel 33, 11, 
God is speaking. He says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that they may turn from their wicked ways and live. He knows they're wicked. He wanted Nineveh to turn from their wicked ways, and so he sent the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. And from the king on down, they were convicted, and we will meet them in heaven. Think ISIS when you think about those brutal beasts. And he knew, the king said, maybe God will forgive us of our evil and violent ways. God can bring correction to a city in a moment. Whether it's Tokyo, Moscow, Sao Paulo, or uh, the Twin Cities, Roseville. He could change it in a moment, as he did in the Hebrides Islands when the people started crying out. They weren't believers. They started crying out. They showed up at the police station because they knew they needed something. And Duncan Campbell went, went to minister to them and led them to Jesus. So our first response is mercy. Judgment may come. Jonah preached judgment. God showed mercy. That's on his heart. In fact, it says that mercy, you know that little phrase? Mercy triumphs over judgment. Wow. God is so merciful. That's why Jesus hasn't come back yet. Because God is merciful. He wants more to be saved. We can hasten the day by winning people. To Jesus. Karen, what were you? Older. In God's kingdom, learn to be the servant of all. Okay, and you're going to do it with flags, it looks like. It reminds me of Karen waving a flag. <laughs> Get that out and get it. 
Good going, honey. Good going. Good going. So, I'm sorry, we didn't have Dusty. 